Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, every uh, week we are joined here in studio by an expert in different fields. Uh, this week we are delighted to be joined by property expert and buyer's agent Liz O'Kane. So if you're in the process of buying a house or uh, still looking, Liz can help answer your questions. Maybe you want to know if you should overbid uh, the asking price on a property or what kind of things to look out for when you're going for a viewing. If you've any questions that you'd like me to put to Liz, you can call us on 1800 453106 or you can text us on 53106 but before we uh, get to your queries I know Liz well welcome to uh, to news talk Thanks, um, Liz let me ask you. you um about the TV show that uh, you're involved in you're starting a TV show on this topic tell me a little bit more about it Yeah absolutely and it's been a little while it's funny how life comes full circle and mm. suddenly you find yourself back in the box again or doing something <laughs> that you did 15 years ago before property became a dirty word but anyway we are property obsessed and emotionally obsessed in this country about property and it goes on and on and on, uh, no matter what guys the the market is presenting us itself in. So, with lovely Animo and Virgin Media, we are doing a series called "How to Buy a Home," and we are looking for and are in the process of actually we're starting shooting today. Would you believe this afternoon? But we are we are going to talk to buyers from all over the country. We're looking for applicants who are planning to buy a house in the next three months. They can be mortgage approved or in the process of applying uh, for seeking mortgage approval. We're looking for all sorts of buyers with all sorts of budgets and backgrounds, and we want to sh- uh, show that. That's particularly diverse across all locations and particularly outside Dublin where, po- where possible. And we'll be filming over the next few months. But the, but the essence of the show is about me taking these people on a journey from, from, initial, from initial starting point of having your mortgage approval or obtaining that. And then what is available to them? What, are their achie- what, what is it that they aspire to? And is that achievable? OK, just very briefly, um, if somebody wants to take part, if they're interested, who do they contact? That would be important, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so if, please email hello at animotv.com. I-E. Excellent. And all the lovely people at Animo will be, give, be able to give you loads of guidance from there. Okay. Let's kick off uh, with uh, some of the questions, and a lot of questions have uh, come in. Heather in Wexford sent us uh, this message. She says, uh, We bid on a house, and uh, a state agent asked us to send over bank statements so they could see that we have the funds. We have mortgage approval, and we sent them a letter from our solicitor saying that we uh, had the funds, but they're insisting we need to send on our statements too. Is this normal? I listen. <sighs> I have a little bit of difficulty with this to yeah, be frank. I, I act I act for I act for the purchaser, right? This estate agent is acting for his seller, clearly. I would suggest that a letter from a solicitor should absolutely suffice and uh, you know, give that estate agent c- concrete information as to uh, the availability of funds well, of this uh, particular uh, buyer. All an estate agent should really care about is that you have mortgage approval and you can pay for the now, property. N- w- no, completely. But interestingly, since since pre-COVID and with with the escalation of the property market, actually, which was a bit of a surprise to everybody at that point, estate agents are asking for proof of funds. Proof of funds in approval and principle, which is your letter from your financial lender, And what I always say, when I'm acting, I do ask for proof of funds, but the proof of funds that I hold on behalf of my clients, I do not show until I am sale agreed. 
right? And that proof of funds can be a screenshot from a bank account showing that the rest of the funds are available for the purchase of but this it, property. But it doesn't have to be an entire bank statement showing your ins and outs, does it? Not in my opinion. No. No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I actually think this this person who's emailed uh, or called in has done the right thing. They've actually, uh, they've engaged a solicitor to to validate that information with a solicitor's letter. Should Honestly, be enough. Yes, in my okay. opinion, yes. All right, Jane in uh, Cork has been on to us and she says, I keep missing out on uh, properties in Cork because I'm getting outbid. Is there any sense in going in with an original uh, bid significantly over the asking price in order to tempt them to take it off the market and stop other bidders? Uh, I don't have an enormous amount of money, uh, but I can uh, often afford about 1% to 3% over the asking price, says Jane. Okay, so look, Jane in Cork, Jane's on the journey at the moment and Jane may well be looking at properties that are beyond what she can actually purchase for and look what tends to happen in this um, property market the and I actually say the Irish property market because what agents tend to do is they will value a property and the value that they put on that property with their vendors when it comes to the marketing campaign it's generally tucked under value. All right. So that is to entice people like Jane mm-hmm. to please come and see this property and give us an offer and then we're all off, off at the races. This is all legal, right? Um, I'd like to give Jane an example of something. I had a client uh, in the last couple of days and I did bid over the asking price with a very solid offer with very good, strong proof of funds. And in fact, the proof of funds which enticed my agent to advise their vendor to sale agree the property to me was because... I had more cash than I had in mortgage. All right. So it's it's a less complicated uh, situation. And, you know, anyway, I did overbid and that property was sale agreed to me. Right. But what I would say to Jane is, Jane, I, I don't know what figure she has in her head, but took under 10% with the properties that you're going to see. And then the property is very likely, if it's in a good location in Cork, that's, you know, good public transport, good infrastructure, all of that around it. There's lots of people who are trying to achieve exactly the same as Jane. Every, it's, it, it's, it's a shocking sort of a rat race. And, but it is what it is. But Jane, very likely, if you start at asking price rather than lowball, you're off to a good start, in my opinion. I hope I'm making sense. It's very difficult. It's, it, it's a betting game. All right, let's go on to our uh, next question. And this is from uh, Chris. And Chris says, I have uh, gotten mortgage approval, but I've had it for about a year. I've had to get it uh, reapproved already. I still haven't found anything uh, suitable in our budget. Am I in danger of losing uh, mortgage approval permanently if I hold on to it for too long? OK, I'm not a mortgage broker at all, but in my opinion, it's unlikely Right. You can as long as your circumstances are not changing. However, if James job change or his income changes, his mortgage approval will also change, which is one of the reasons that anybody who is approved in principle and has achieved that, uh, generally speaking, that approval in principle is for 24 weeks. So they're out there trying their hardest to achieve purchasing a property before that approval in principle goes out of date Mm. and they have to go back and do their due diligence with their financial lender all over again. Do interest rates have a a role to play in 
in, in mortgage approvals. So yeah. as we see interest rates are going to continue to rise, that fair could affect them. Fair question, Adrian, because right now the answer to that question is 100% yes. So if you are approved in principle, you will be approved in principle by your financial lender for the 24, for the 24 weeks based on the rate that they offered you. All right. So again, so here we go again. You know, if it's not, you know, the the lack of stock, it's something else. And this is the something else. Interest rates are going up. Therefore, people want to draw down on the interest rate or the fixed rate that they've been offered, whether that's three, four or five years, whatever it happens to be. And yes, interest rates are going up again. So that creates another frenzy in the market. Okay, Paul in uh, Dublin has been on to us and he has a simple question. In fact, he writes, simple question, buy now or wait 12 months? (laughs) It's an interesting question. Well, Paul. (laughs) Well, Paul. Listen, do you know what? Look, it's it's a fair question. I am not an economist. And in fact, even the ESRI, even though I say so myself, have made mistakes in the past. Uh, whereby they actually told us in the front of the Irish Times, February 2020, that property prices were going to plummet by 12.5%. Can I tell you, Paul, the polar opposite happened. Mm. All right. And that's where we find ourselves now with now an energy, energy crisis and interest rates going up. So look, here's my opinion. The opinion is this. If you have an appetite to purchase a property and you are looking for a home, once you have that home and you're chipping away at that asset, you're not thinking about 12 months ahead. You're in your gaff. You should be comfortable and happy and you've achieved what you set out to do. Most people have the appetite to purchase now. I don't know if prices are going to go up or down. It's likely they'll, they'll soften. Soften, However, with Not too dramatically. I don't know, Adrian. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not being difficult. I actually don't know and I don't believe anybody really knows. But as I said at the top, we are, we have... We have an appetite for property in this country. We are emotionally obsessed and we want our own homes. We're not a renting. Well, that's another conversation. But generally speaking, we're not a renting population. We want our piece of ground. And we're we're living in a country that has not been uh, forecast to even go into recession in the next year um, compared to most other countries in Western Europe. So we're actually in a reasonable state. So you would think that that would impact on property not uh, falling through the floor. So it would seem, but that appetite is still there. There is still an appetite to purchase. And, you know, in the cases of lots of, of lots of people who are, in fact, with, in the rental market and are also achieving approval in principle, they're desperate to get out of the rental market mm. because of the chronic state of um, rental um, rental on their on their income on a, on a monthly level because the likelihood is they're going to be down 30, 40, 50 percent. Okay, let me bring in one final question. And uh, I had, this is Danny in Limerick, and Danny says, I had a bid on a house but missed out. We were told we were the third highest bidder. I got a call a few weeks later to see if we were still interested because it wasn't moving quick enough for the sellers. Should we be wary of this? Um, in other words, they, no. s- they sold it to somebody or said agreed with they somebody agreed. and then they came back and said, oh, no, we're not happy with. No, uh, th- there's nothing to be wary about here at all. Um, what I if would, the th- uh, but they were the third highest bidders. Why would they go to the third highest? Because maybe the second person, maybe the no. second bidder. No, no, maybe the second bidder's found something else. So they're off the, so they've gone. Okay, right, and, no. now, and now we're down to who was third in line. So... No, I don't think there's anything to be wary about. I would engage with that estate agent. Also engage with the estate agent in terms of is it likely that that vendor will now accept their third offer? 
right? So that's very important. And, um, you, you know, Lots of things happen. Actually, I can't even remember the top of the question. Was it they lost? The, what What was the... Uh, they, they bid but missed out. They were the third highest bidder. But that bidder. sale is not... So lots of sales progress for lots of different reasons. And the likelihood is that that agent is not getting the information that they need fast enough and they're going... As per right, our very first... Next. Yeah, OK. Next. All right. Um, finally, I want to bring in uh, a caller on the line and uh, James is uh, on the line. James, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. How are you? Uh, hi, thank you. Uh, and you nice to get a call back. Thank you. You have uh, you have a question. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm wondering if there's any recourse against estate agents uh, who are um, basically mistreating clients. Uh, I live in Limerick. We're looking for a house in Dublin. We don't own a car. We live in town. We've never needed a car. Um, so going to a viewing involves, A, getting someone to be nice enough to actually give us more than 24 hours advance notice, renting a car, paying for the petrol, heading over, and then so far I'm 50-50 for estate agents who just don't pitch. Out of six viewings, three have just not arrived. Don't answer their phone, never hear from them again. Us having now laid out, you know, 100 euros roughly each trip to go up. Well, James, is it? Yeah. James, well, first of all, that's absolutely shocking. And I'm sorry to hear that story. Um, It's awful. Uh, One thing I would just like to say is that unfortunately, you're not the estate agent's client. The estate agent's client is is the vendor, the person who's selling the property. Um, Now, can I just say something to you? If uh, uh, there's no true answer to your question, um, and you're quite right, it, it is mistreating somebody. It's it's very rude and it's unacceptable, bearing in mind you've made an appointment and that appointment hasn't been cancelled and you've gone to a lot of trouble to ensure that you can be there and expense to ensure that you can be there on time and that you're keen to have a bid or at least attempt to view this property and and buy it. Uh, so I'm, I'm very sorry about that. Um, what I What I would say to you is this, all estate agents are regulated by the Property Services Regulatory Authority. And that is something, that type of behaviour... Um, should be reported. I feel mm. should be reported. Mm. Because they'll keep doing it if, if they don't get a rap on the knuckles. It's, un, it's unacceptable mm. behaviour. Nobody deserves to be in this industry by, by treating potential purchasers like that. And uh, actually, the web, the email address is uh, info at psr.ie. And I would be very keen to see if you get a response mm. about that. And equally, uh, the agents in question, who we don't we don't know who they are. I don't know who the, the, their brand is, etc. But I would be entitled to uh, have a grievous complaint about mm. that. Not good enough. All right. Uh, this is very insightful. Thank you very much indeed for uh, popping into us this afternoon um, and answering all of those questions. And we did a lot more besides that we just didn't have time to uh, get through. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.